and welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower, Lower Level. Level. I'm your host, Moshi, and I'm a Miami, New York girl, and I actually love Chicago. Well, Moshi, my life is like a movie, and the award for best drama goes to me. <laughs> I love it. Um, and with that, Happy New Year. We are back with the first episode for 2022. We took a slightly longer than expected hiatus, I think, but oh man. It's it's been a it's like a been a very weird kind of holiday period with Miss Rona like amping up and going crazy. Um, how did you find the break? Moshi, it was restful, it was stressful, <laughs> but let's all be wishful for a better new year. That is almost like the tagline. Like if if Miss Rona was a housewife that were, or the new year was a housewife, that would be the tagline. Um, sending out, I think I'll just start off with like a, not in memoriam, but like sending out thoughts and prayers to anybody and everybody who has been going through it, um, stuck at home, um, dealing with COVID. If you're recovering from COVID, if you've had family having COVID, I'm thinking of you, but let me just tell you, there has never been a better time to listen to podcasts. So I, I hope this podcast helps you um now while we were taking a break do you know who was not taking a break Patrizio the real housewives of the world of the world um and I believe that you kind of have a bit of info on what they were up to while we were away Moshi it's your favorite section it's the word on the streets over the break like Moshi, there was too much. There is too much that we can concisely put into this episode. Let's just like do a rapid fire of like the big hits okay. of things that are key. Okay, I'm here. On. I'm ready. Okay, so we're going to start off in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, we noticed over the break that Dorit has not posted in like three months on Instagram. <gasps> Somebody asked PK and he said that Dorit is taking a break. Is she dead? No, I don't think she's dead. I think she's just not on the Instagrams. Okay. I I, I feel like all of this sort of stuff is, like, not authentic with her. Like, she's building to something. Well, all right. Next. Let us know. Well, staying in Beverly Hills, we found out that Kathy Hilton is back. She's signed as a friend of. I mean, she was wanting the $2 million. Moshi, do you think that she got it? Yes. You do not. I 100% do. Um, I mean, I have been watching, like, I don't know, is this Housewives adjacent, like Paris in Love? Yeah. And we've been getting a lot of Kathy Hilton on that. The way she did that Paris in Love and when was like, I need more money, like, good on her. And obviously she's done, she's done it. Yeah, I think she's got more money. Wild. Um, I mean, look, holidays are a stressful time for everyone. And we found out that Lisa Rinna's kids have really been calling her out on the Instagrams. Good. Good, Good. for them. Good for them. 
honestly. The way, the way that Lisa Rinna is just going to use all of this as another storyline for the upcoming season. It, she's going to implode. She The thing is that she doesn't know where the boundary and the line is, and it's going to backfire. I can't wait till they sue her. Oh, my God. I, no, they need to have, like, a divorce. They you can't. They're, they're already too old. They can't emancipate from it. Though I, I already thought about that. I was like, damn, if only they were like 14 and they got emancipated. Which one's the older one? She broke up with her boyfriend as well. Not not really word on the street, but like just. Yeah, oh, it fact. is. We could have, I mean, Delilah. I think that's the one, Delilah Gray. I act like I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> um, Real Houses of Potomac, we found that Monique formerly a housewife on the franchise has gotten well is it her own show she's going to be a part of a show on the oprah winfrey network love and marriage dmv what i love is that you called it the oprah winfrey network that's fucking gangster (laughs) i love oprah um (laughs) (laughs) i mean we all do um Moving international for a second, uh, Real Housewives of Jersey got season two. It launched. Can't wait for nobody to watch that. Have you been watching it? No. I never okay. even finished the first season. It's two episodes in. I don't understand it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to. It is like, a, it's like the pinky toe of international franchises. Let it exist in the world that it's. Mm-mm. You know what, though? I am supportive of uh, I, the UK oh, the franchises. Rich, you're supportive of rich women making more money. Okay. No, I am supportive of the UK franchises and how they actually give the women a, a, like a second chance season. Like, because I think it's a hard work being a first, what what are the, like a fresh freshman, freshman. housewife. Give them a second chance housewife franchise season whatever it's called give them a chance and when it's shit then they can cancel it all right well you know what i said already good for them good for them good for, good for her good um, for her is like my new catchphrase which i've stolen from lucille booth of arrested development but good for I, them i love that um and not to be confused with jersey but new jersey mm. america the turnpike um, yes I mean, can you believe it? Gia Judice has turned 21. Um, does that make you reflect, Moshi, on how old you are? Yes, because I just found out. Well, it's not that I just found out, but, like, it occurred to me that, like, the 2000s were 20 years ago. And, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me to live with that. I agree. Um, she also had a fake engagement over the break as she well. She didn't get engaged at all. But she, she was clickbaiting, and I kind of love it for it. But I love it for it too. Out of curiosity, just quickly, did you see all the I'm not a, I'm not a boring mum, like I'm a cool mum memes and all the like insert Teresa Judice? Judith, no. yeah. Well, she's not Judith. Is she, is she Gorga now? Or what is, what's her name going to be? What's Louis's okay. last name? Ferrera something. Oh, Don't do it. All right, Teresa. Next. <laughs> um, and let's close us out. Um, Real Housewives of Dubai. It's almost wrapped filming, and Caroline, who was formerly Lady of London, got married over the break. Way to secure the reason for the show. 
right? Um, I just want to say as well, you know who has also recently transferred to Dubai? Like, and I'm talking oh. the last like 48 hours. Oh, who? Dawn Ward. Oh, inter- I'm surprised it took that long. Do you reckon she's going to end up on Real Housewives of Dubai? No, because Caroline Stanberry would not stand for that. Um, also, they've been trying to sell that house. And, I mean, I have a question. Is moving to Dubai code for we owe taxes in the UK? Oh. Um, is, is it code for we're having a bit of financial issues and we still need to live the life that we've been grown accustomed to and we can do that freely in Dubai? I think that it's complex, Moshi. I oh, think- Patrizia, this is a yes no question. On the surface, it could appear that way, yes. <laughs> Allegedly. The, the way you've gone from last season, not giving a fuck if you get sued, to this season, suddenly you're all about respectability. Wow. Wow. Wow, Bethany. Wow. I Sorry for being a Dawn Ward apologist, okay? Oh, it's gross. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Just she's gross. <laughs> she's gross, but you know what? She was good TV. You know, actually, Moshi, this year I'm taking the attitude of these women are all complete trash, but I'm leaning in. Like I support all of them. I don't care how you bad all they, of them. They're all like, just all as, housewives. They're just as bad as each other. There's no there's no one housewife that's any better than another. I'm sorry. So what we're gonna be tracking this year is when you crack. I want to know which housewife this year pushes you over the edge that you crack from this uh, point of view that you have decided to take. That I can the the point where I'm like I actually cannot support this housewife anymore. Like yes, her behavior. I want to know. I'm so curious as to what that will what will take to break you. What behavior is so egregious? I think it would have to be like straight up murder like like a killing on the show like one of the women will have to kill each other on and actually even then I might be like actually you know what she was delivering good tv when the real housewives turned into a snuff film Jesus Christ question for you on that would Andy still let the housewives be on the show if she committed murder and we saw it Moshi, Andy Cohen has let women stay on the show for much less. (laughs) Allegedly. Okay, before we really do find ourselves in a lawsuit, let's kick it off. So this week we are talking all things Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Orange County, and then wrapping up with, I think, what is the standout star already, the Real Housewives of Miami. I'm playing like that at all. <laughs> Can, yeah. I, I, I mean, if we didn't have copyright, I would have played Adriana's song. Miami. I can just sing that bit. <laughs> That's the only bit you're allowed to sing. Uh, yes. Miami. <laughs> and there is some word on the street that we're going to like pepper in along the way as well as oh. it relates to. Oh, pepper it in these franchises but let's get into it Moshi let's go Salt Lake City Um, 
season two. It's episode 16. Where does the time go? Honestly, it's dragging for me. Oh. How are we going on another trip in episode 16? Like, we need to be wrapping shit up. The trips need to have all happened already. Okay, so I have seen other people on the internet say a similar thing to you. There was a lot of, like, filler episodes earlier on in the season that we probably could have done without. Yep. Um, And we're now the juicy bits, I guess. I think this trip is going to be explosive. Okay. Um, Explosive. It's going to be two to three episodes, and then I'm assuming when they're back, there'll be a finale episode, some party, I'm sure, as is the formula. Question Um, for you. Do you think we've had those filler episodes because of what happened with Jen and also because do we think some of the women aren't bringing it this season? I mean... I actually think this has been a really successful season so far. I've enjoyed it. Um, okay. I, I think there has been some emphasis put on some of the housewives, aka Heather, and probably to a lesser extent Whitney, where like they are not bringing it, but they're getting a lot of airtime. I disagree with you on Whitney. On, on well, maybe on both of them in terms of like bringing it. <laughs> this is live recording. Oh my God. Um, so I, I, wa- I have been underwhelmed with Heather's storyline. I think for me the thing that is underwhelming about Heather's storyline in particular is that while we are sort of starting to see the layers, you know, we've started to meet her family and we're starting to go deeper within this situation of her leaving the Mormon church, the story for me is like so only one-sided. I think what would make this, like I think it is it has the potential to be like a super juicier storyline and what would make that juicier is like somebody from Heather's past offering a different perspective and giving us a little bit of tea on some of the things that maybe Heather doesn't want us to know about her journey out of Mormonhood. Like I want to know a bit more about like she, I I think she does this thing where it's really good where she takes on this ownership of like, I didn't speak to my sister for five years because, you know, I thought I was better. I had to wait until my dad died, but there is more there. And I want to know what, what's going on there. Um, The other side is I think Whitney has brought it as much as she like, within what she could do. I thought, like, the whole her and Lisa feud, which has now died down, was fabulous. I think that she is still trying to be the bone collector. She will never be at Cherie level. But I think she's doing a better job than she did in the first season when she brought the tea to to Jen's party and it went, like, all the way left. I think she's, she's delivering the, um, the bones better. Um, and I think this whole Iris and Bo Wild Rose Beauty thing is going to be amazing because, oh, there is one piece of, piece of I think, word on the street that we didn't put in is that Justin has is allegedly uh, being sued for being part of a multi-level marketing scheme. I love multi-level marketing schemes. Um, and essentially like f- frauding people out of money for being in MLM. 
And I'm wondering if Wild Rose Beauty is going to be an MLM. No, I thought she had already denied there was an M- MLM, but because um, they just use ambassadors or something, like, and they're just influencers, I think, to like hawk the shit on Instagram. Yeah, but I think, I mean, so it's just straight to the public, but I, I really want to know, like, I don't know enough about how they, how Justin makes his money. And especially for the amount of money that they have been spending on Wild Rose Beauty and the world's weirdest rebrand. Because I'm going to be really honest, when you're a housewife and you have that platform, you really shouldn't need to spend too much money for the rebrand. You've got the internet platform. You're good. You could literally just get some masking tape or white out and write a new name over the existing products and people would buy that shit. Well, I mean, the fact was that all the, like, the swag was all Iris and Bo, like, branded and not Wild Rose. It's it's all very bizarre. I don't know. I would have done, like, a performance art thing, grabbed some Sharpies and gone, put an X through it, and then typed, like, tagged Wild Rose Beauty, like, graffiti stuff. 100%. She would have saved herself $200,000 or close to a million dollars, whatever she spent. I don't know. Well, I, uh, look... Yeah, like Whitney's like kind of bringing it, but man, I don't agree with you on the Heather. I think Heather needs her own show where like she breaks into like Mormon people's homes and like <laughs> rescues them. Like I want to see like the point where she actually like takes them away and they've like organized like the 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 freeing of these people. Can I ask you a question? What would the name of that show be? Because you know how it's always like Real Housewives of Atlanta, Portia's Family Matters. <laughs> this will be Real Housewives of Salt Lake City free the mormons like what is it scared straight mormon style like what is it i don't i don't know i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to think about it but like scared secular not scared secular is that not right (laughs) no it's almost like it has to be like almost like a catfish like these people have ridden to heather and they're like hey, I want to escape the church. And she's like, cool. Like, on Tuesday, I'm going to, like, come to your house and pretend to deliver pizza, but you're going to, like, <laughs> come out to the van because there's too many pizzas to collect. But then we're going to, like, shove you in the van and, like, drive off, and then you're going to be free from Mormonism. Do like, Mormons that's what eat I want. pizza? Um, <laughs> I'm being an idiot. Only if it's halal. Um, <laughs> Zara. Um, what... What's oh Book of Mormon? So I was like, it could be something on the Book of Mormon, like a play on that. Well, anyway, I don't, I don't know. I think that Heather gets a lot of like airtime. I think Moshi, one of my new favorite like Instagram pages, which I'm about to quote, but now I'm not going to remember what it's called. Is and like it's one. good to see there's one thing that's consistent from last year. Um, no reference. <laughs> you don't. You are not referencing the reference. You're not citing the references. Um, I, well, you know what? I'm gonna be better because actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to name one of them later on in this podcast. But um, it's like Real Housewives data, and they've done like all these like what? they've done pie charts on like how much screen time the women get, oh. and like and also they also um do data analysis on. Instagram and how many followers the people have gotten and like how much growth rate that is and all the rest of it based on like and after the episode has aired. It's very interesting. Wow. Data. I mean, data is the way of the world. I'm going to like, I'm going to try and find it. But in the meantime, Moshi, mm. I mean, 
Who who do you think is not delivering in the last couple of weeks then? If it wasn't Whitney or Heather. Not it's not who I think has not been delivering in the last couple of weeks. It's who do I think has not been delivering for the entire season. Um, Miss Disengaging, I'm now engaging Meredith. I just when she's there, she's it's it's not interesting to me. It's not fascinating. And it's not I feel like I'm not getting what I was promised. I feel like we were built up so much that she was really going to get amongst it. And I, I actually think what she has shown us in terms of giving us more of her, I'm like, oh, I want less because what I'm seeing is actually not nice. It's not that cool. And I kind of now understand why she brought Brooks on. Um, so just to um, go back a second, the, the Instagram page is bravoholic data. Just, just, I found it. Um, on your point, though, Moshi, she hasn't been bringing it, but then there has been this, like, ongoing feud between, like, Jen and Meredith, because obviously Meredith's, like, disengaged. She doesn't want to, like, be friends with a criminal, allegedly. And Jen thought they were all cool and all the rest of it. But what about this other tea that has come out recently that, allegedly, Meredith and Jen Shah had the same... <laughs> lover in New York and Jen Shah ate out Meredith, allegedly. <laughs> I think it's going to come out in the next couple of episodes. Can I tell you, I wish that Meredith... Well, okay, so part of me feels that, like, she is obviously horny 24-7 because after this episode, I think we learned, like, to be honest, the more I learn about Seth, the more I hate him. <laughs> Like, it's so gross. It's so gross. But they're, I think that they're both horn dogs, and I love a horn dog. We love Patrizio After Dark, favorite <laughs> podcast of mine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I believe it, but I don't believe it. But then I'm like, why did she get so angry about seeing Jen's vagina last season? Because it's all, it's all a bullshit situation so then the, I, I guess what I'm seeing then that is making me that I'm not enjoying is the fact that she's so inauthentic yeah probably I mean what did you think of the party a lot of people have said that the party like she must really hate Seth because the party was shit well I think the party was low numbers because of COVID I think the party was low numbers because they don't have a lot of friends because again they're not from Salt Lake City or Utah. All their friends were in New York. Um, I think the party was like, I don't know if Meredith thinks that us learning more about her and Seth is like a good thing. <laughs> if she does. Because, you know, the things that I loved during their like separate, like when they were going through it last year, like I love when she does things like she posts on her Instagram and she posts, like, his name, like, mine, do not touch. Like, she doesn't tag his actual Instagram account. And, like, his Instagram account is, like, private. You know, like, I love that. I love watching them thirst for each other online and stuff. But what I'm seeing on the show, he just comes across as, like, gross. And I'm with Mary. The fact that, like, he's obsessed with Whitney's tits, I mean... They're good tits, sure. Good for him. But, like, why would you want, why would you be 
sucking on a cake that is another woman's breasts and not getting a cake made of your wife's breasts. Because, Moshi, I would argue after watching this episode <laughs> and actually after watching, like, you want that this cake, whole don't season. You? No, these people, <laughs> these people, and I'm gonna like, oh, these for everyone, people are all trash. They are all <laughs> like, they are, they are homophobic, they are like, they are racists, they are just like sleazy inappropriate people and like the cake shows it i mean look like look i just want to say that i don't want to like harsh anybody's kink like i'm all about a boob cake we loved happy and ness right like i'm all about boobs i love a boob cake but for me do you know what's hard it was like seth is hot like i get it but it's just like they've gone from just being so the opposite of that to now going full ball into this, something isn't adding up. The math ain't mathing, as the scientists would say. Mm. Okay. I just, I just, I feel like there's, it's inauthentic. There's something, something's not clicking. It's just, it's all, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I, that's, I just think that they are trash humans. Yeah, but... facts. They're just all inappropriate and offensive. That's what they are. They're offensive. The behavior with the cake was offensive. (laughs) It was interesting. Um, Speaking of like kind of feuds and um, people who have been bringing it, everybody is kind of saying that Lisa Barlow is carrying the show on her back this season. How do you feel about Lisa Barlow? Yes, she is carrying the show, but, like, I think, I mean, because we had such a long break between recording podcasts, we have been talking to each other a lot more about Housewives than we have in a normal week. Yeah, fair enough. And I think, like, you said it best. It was, like, have these women peaked too soon? And I feel like this is what's happening with Lisa Barlow. She is, like... It, it's like it's too far now. I think it's like she had like a good season last season. She had a strong start to this season, but now it's like, like she like in the trailer for next week, she's ready to get physical with Jen Shah. Like, how did we get here? I think that she's become a caricature of herself. Like, she's almost. I know we live in meme culture, and it's all about like basically being a meme is like the new like thing but I think she's leaned so much into this character of Lisa Barlow so I think that she is giving us who she truly is but I think she's giving us too much of it and the way that I judge that is from the expressions that her husband makes (laughs) when she's cleaning the toilet in her active wear or she's like asking him questions about what to wear and and hogging the limelight from her son's prom photo. Like, to me, that's my gauge is, like, how uncomfortable is her husband right now? Um, But, yeah, I think that she's gone so far into character Lisa Barlow that I don't know if you can sustain that for multiple, multiple seasons. It's, yeah, I don't don't know. I, I don't know. Can I ask you then, how are you feeling about Jenny? 
because I was really not team Jenny at the beginning of the season. I'm still not 100% team Jenny, but I'm starting to enjoy her more. She has proved her worth to me. Um, oh, I agree yeah. with you. I, I don't think I'm team Jenny, but I'm also like, okay, I, I'll keep you around. I don't mind having you around now. I think her thing is what I appreciate about her is that she's a straight shooter. And, like, I think she's just straight up just like, yeah, like, if you're going to say this shit, you need to back it up. Like, she's sort of, like, calling the women out on their behaviour. She's sort of, like, willing to go there. And I'm I'm appreciating that because I feel like, We'll talk about it later on. But in OC, I'm getting that from Noella as well. Oh, we are going to talk about that. Okay. So, I, I, so, like, I'm enjoying these kind of characters at the moment. It's, like, not quite breaking the fourth wall, but it's kind of like someone just there to be like, um, excuse me, like, you said something really nasty and I'm going to bring it up right now. And you can't pretend that you didn't say it because, like, the, like the, you know what? The moment that cemented it for me was when she was like, I'm going to talk to Mary about the shoes, but I'm going to need the witnesses. Jenny's like, I know how to play this game. Like, I'm not going to have a one-to-one conversation with Mary and then have her deny that we ever had the conversation. I'm going to bring all the women there. They're all going to be involved and they're all going to hear exactly what Mary has to say. So with that, are we at the point now where in the Housewives canon people understand the mechanics of housewives so much that we're actually not getting reality reality anymore we are now actually just getting a soap opera proper played by real people because if what if it wasn't a tv show she would have had it she would have like given the shoes back privately or whatever ages ago but because it's a tv show we have to see her giving the shoes back. And I think I just want to say like, this might be actually a conversation for a whole other podcast episode, but I know I finally finished. It's not all diamonds and rosé over the break. And it really is interesting to read Giselle in particular being on like a newer franchise and her talking about like some of the things that she has done and her and, and Kenya as well, talking about some of like the things that they have done and how they, they, you know, well, they they talk about the fact that we're on a TV show. You have to bring that stuff to the TV show. Like they they produce it. Like they understand the concept of producing the moment so much right now. And I'm curious as to whether we're gonna how we're gonna feel about those housewives who feel the need to produce. Lisa Rinna, Kyle, um, now Jenny, who is new and producing already. Noella, who I think we'll talk, who we're going to talk about soon, producing. Heather Dubrow is another person who likes to produce. And then those other housewives who kind of don't have to produce and they can just bring it in the moment. Because I'm starting to think like, if you have to produce a moment, maybe then you're not, you shouldn't actually be on the show. You should just be a producer. Wow. Produce or not to produce or to be produced. (laughs) Well, you're supposed to be produced. You're not supposed to be producing. So I that that's a this is this this is the other sort of more academic side of the Real Housewives that I'm kind of fascinated in. But um, before we wrap up this section on Salt Lake City, we really need to talk about the Mary Cosby of it all. Um, you know, 
I prided myself on being a Mary Whisperer. Um, I am willing to say, have it on the record, I was gung-ho about Mary Ann Cosby. I, I very much vehemently said that she was good for the show. She was good for the franchise. She was good for the Bravo Cinematic Universe. I wholeheartedly do not believe that anymore. <laughs> she is toxic and dangerous and scary. And I have hit my limit, Patricia. And I know you have like lobotomized yourself and taken out how you feel about Bravo out of your brain and the judgment and just decided they're all trash and you're leading into it. But we're done. Rest in peace, Miriam Cosby. She couldn't she couldn't bring Jesus to us, you know. Well, again, Moshi, that's on you. I am here for Miriam Cosby. I support it is her. On me. Um, you know, look. The way this is this is the conversation that needs to be had, Moshi. We're not, <laughs> not going to have it today, but this is the conversation that needs to be had. There have been a lot of like messed up racist moments on Bravo in the past two years. Yep. Mary M. Cosby is just one of the many. I agree. There have been far worse comments from other Bravo celebrities that have not solicited even a, a an acknowledgement from the network or from anyone around these people. So, like, to me, Mary, look, it's not great. It's racist. That's what it is, right? But it wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of the whole network. I'm not sure. I think that we understand as a network that we cannot go to Bravo to be our moral compass. And and morality and ethics, you know, I, I teeter between them. For me, it's not specifically that Mary said some comments that she shouldn't have said for me it's the attitude when you're confronted and when you're told and it's the it's the refusing not to acknowledge things it's for me it's a lot of the way of how she holds herself up and looks down at people it when you coincide that with like being corrected like I I know I've been I'm a Mary apologist she obviously has she obviously needs to go to therapy and there's some things going on there. But for me, it's just like the lack of willing to engage and then kind of almost doubling down on the things that you do that are so despicable. It's just, for me, it's just like the not willing to be open. Um, With that said, the Real Housewife of Salt Lake City reunion was filmed earlier this last past week. And we learnt Patrizio. Are you ready for this? Well, I already know. So, yes. I'm <laughs> Why can't you just be suspenseful and allow us to have a little bit of drama for a little sorry, bit? Sorry, Mushy. Oh, my God. What could it possibly be? <laughs> Thank you. Humor me. So, Mary M. Cosby skipped the reunion and <gasps> she has quit the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. No. So, Mary Cosby Whisperers disband. You are no longer needed. Um, but Andy Cohen said this week that he knew he he knew it was coming. He spoke to her prior in, to the new year. They had a really in depth conversation, 
And yeah, he knew that she wouldn't be coming back and he kind of respects her reasons for not coming back. But I think the thing that's really annoying me now is that she's gone into this holier than thou, pun intended in this instance, um, sort of phase. And she's just like, basically saying like, you know, TV is the devil and people on reality TV shows are like psychotic and it's bad for your brain and all this sort of stuff. And she's going like the whole other way. So I just want to say, Moshi, two things on this. I want to say, first of all, I mean, look, it was inevitable. She clearly never liked the show. Like, she was hardly <laughs> in it last season. And then this season, like, she just, I think, was a, it was over her head. Um, and she, she was, we were never going to get growth. And I think this is the problem. This is what you were sort of, like, saying before. Mary was not willing to grow, and therefore you're not going to be able to develop as a character, and that means your time on the show is going to be limited. But my question to you, Moshi, is this. Why did Mary not attend the reunion, right? Because there's a lot of speculation that obviously it was because, you know, there's been a lot of this ongoing conversation about that she's racist and that she didn't want to like perhaps talk about that at the reunion, given that the reunion was filmed last week. So it was kind of like as these episodes were airing, but here's the real tea. Cameron. She was banging Cameron. (laughs) Is that what it's going to be? Where's the suspense? Give her me. You before had but you know i we have the same brain okay Rashi, no, this is the tea so before the reunion the women were given the last two episodes of the season to watch ahead of time right oh. so what is contained in these two episodes that has caused mary to not attend the reunion but also for Meredith Marks to re-follow Jen Shah on Instagram. Whoa! I do not know any of this, T. Something has happened. And as you suggested, the Instagram that I do remember, Boredom by Bravo, has released the information that allegedly Miriam Cosby was sleeping with Cameron. Which just adds another layer to it all. The layers. So Moshi, this is to be seen. This is uh, like this franchise is just going from like strength to strength. Yeah, but it's going from strength to strength in its dying hours, and she's not returning, so we'll never know. We'll never know. But the women talk about her, and she doesn't have right of reply. So whatever's said at the reunion is going to have to be the facts. And just quickly on the reunion seating charts, Jen Shah and Lisa to. Uh, Andy Cohen's left and right. Interesting. Makes a lot of sense. But I think you it speaks to what you said. Heather Gray has been dropped from her perch. Her, Heather Gay, sorry, has dropped from her perch. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Whitney, Heather, Jen Shah, Andy in the middle, Lisa, Jenny, Meredith. Wow. I think you don't think, you think Meredith is on the end and not Jenny? Interesting. Yeah, because Lisa and Meredith had some drama. So I, I think they're going to be separated a little bit. All right. Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk Real Housewives of Orange County and Real Housewives of Miami. (laughs) And we're back, Moshi. Back, back, back again. Back. We're going to talk now about Real Housewives of OC, which I'm going to be honest with you, Moshi. I didn't think that we would discuss this because I thought it was in, like, your bad books. No, 
I think like they got rid of the devil. I'm giving it a new. Ch- I'm giving it a chance. And like, if I'm honest, I always watched it. I just never discussed it. And I'm ready to discuss. I'm ready to engage. Well, you know what? So we're on episode six this week of yes. season sixteen, the sweet sixteenth season. And I just want to say it's quinceanera season, and um. I think before we took a break, we did discuss the very first episode of the the comeback, I guess. It's their comeback season, right? Their, their second chance. We did. We did get to have a, a quick discussion on that. But I feel like so much has happened in those like last mm-hmm. five episodes. Um, and I feel like, what's that thing that Kyle said before like the start of like season like 11 or whatever? It was just sort of like... Everything was so good that day. <laughs> like, it was hard to imagine what would happen next. <laughs> Flashback. Heather Dubrow. <laughs> I just hate her. <laughs> we were rooting for you, Heather. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about overproducing washi there's like the people who who have to produce the people who need to be produced then there's the people who just overproduce everything and that is heather dubrow like it has been uncomfortable Mm. like i don't know what the discussion was with heather before they filmed um but clearly they were like yeah we really need you and she was like I got you. I'm going to save this show. So that's 100% what has happened here. And do you think that anyone could tell Heather Dubrow what Heather Dubrow is going to do? No, not at all. Can I just tell you, I think the hero of the show called it out in today's episode. She is like, I don't even have the proper quote, but like grade A narcissist. And, like, and the thing that I'm not sure about is I don't know if she's in on the joke of her narcissism and she's, like, hamming it up for the sake of hamming it up or if she genuinely thinks that the way that she behaves is, like, okay. I actually think that it's the second option. <laughs> I think that <laughs> she thinks that it's okay. I think that she thinks it's entertaining. I think that, like, you know, I think she was bad before. Like, and, you know, maybe she was given a bit of a rough time and all the women would, like, you know, call her out on being, like, you know, all of her, like, corrections and stuff that she used to do. But, like, it's just on another level at the moment. Like, she's gotten richer and just, like, more, like, removed from the reality of the normal people. I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre. It It, it is bizarre because she's playing a cat, like I talked about caricatures before with Lisa Barlow. And I think that this is very similar again. It's that she has told herself, I am the savior of the show. So I'm going to do what she thinks a savior like things. And the difference is, I hate to say this, but Tamrat is not there and Vicky is not there because I think like the one kind of good thing about those actual real housewives of the OC is that they all, they call this shit out. They're not New York girls, right? They're not Miami, New York girls who love Chicago. 
they are OC bitches from the OC and they can't stand this shit. And I think that's the thing that's really interesting for me to watch when I watch kind of like Shannon and Heather, because obviously we know like Shannon had an extravagant life before. She was very wealthy, but she didn't hold her wealth over people in the same way that kind of Heather does because Heather is essentially new money. I think we can kind of say Mm -hmm. but Shannon really is old money. Like I think we're like, we're not seeing it all, but you know, she's a California girl. Right. And I think, and she talks a lot about how she never saw her dad and her parents divorced and stuff, but she's somebody who I think always grew up like surrounded by wealth. And she does, I think whisper more, but, you know, this is this is what we're talking about, money talks, but wealth whispers, right? We've said it before. It's the Dorit, Erica Jane of it all versus Kathy Hilton. And uh, Kathy, De- uh, Kathy DeVoe, Heather DeBrow is not giving us Kathy Hilton. But it's even, it's more, it's, for me, it's even creepier than that. Like, there, and there are three moments, right? So the first moment is when Terry and Heather, like, confront Nicole about suing like how yep. Nicole sued yep. Terry. Yep. And they like confront her and then basically like laugh and they're like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like you can tell how uncomfortable Nicole is. She's literally like crying and so apologetic. And they're just like, they go from being like, did you sue me to like, don't worry about it. It's fine. They, it's like, what is they go here? from closing down the party, kicking everybody out pulling a producer up against a wall to suddenly this is fine it's okay it happens ha, 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 ha. like it's psychotic so that was the first one the second one is shannon and heather and heather telling her if you ever come for my family again it's not a threat it's a promise like is heather in the mafia you know, like every this is the consensus is that she practiced that line, like she she was waiting for a moment to say it. That's why that's why she needed to have the feud with Shannon, so she could say that line. Do you think having such a tight ponytail <laughs> and, and the lack of need to get a facelift is worth the traction alopecia? No, as somebody who has traction alopecia, it's not. Just go get the facelift, Heather. But, like, I just, it was so uncomfortable again. And I feel so sorry for Shannon because, like, look, Shannon is not the perfect person at all. Like, Shannon is a shit person at times. (laughs) Did you say they're all trash? They are trash. Every single one of them is just some varying degrees of, like, what trash they are. But... Shannon was actually, I think, genuinely trying to apologize. I think she was like apologetic. I think she was really trying to like, you know, reach out to Heather in this moment and sort of be like, look, can we like get this back on track? Cause I really don't want this to be my storyline this season. And Heather was just like, fuck yeah, like I'm not doing that. Like you play by my rules. A hundred percent. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And then the third one was in this week's episode where, and like, this is why I love Noella. Like I have been, it's been a slow burn with Noella for me. But she, this was like... she shined, shined, shined in this episode. 
And it's the fact that she's just calling Heather out on the bullshit, right? Every single bit of it. And I agree with her. It's like, if you say to me, can you come to my house 3 p.m. and then we'll do a scene together and we'll talk, right? And you show up to the house and obviously, like, you know, the housekeeper lets you in and you walk in. It wasn't the the housekeeper, it was her daughter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't remember who opened the door. Oh, my God. (laughs) The daughter Uh... opens the door. Anyway, the point is, to go into the kitchen and then I was like, hi. And I was like, be quiet. Like I'm clearly filming here. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Heather? And then taking her to the quietest room in the house, well, which is her shrine, AKA her podcast studio. AKA the torture room. (laughs) I honestly, I was, we need to talk about a lot of things, but like the novella of it all with everything I've been seeing offline as in on Instagram and not on the show about Noella and kind of how she's behaved up until this episode, I was really ready to write her off. And in this episode, Homegirl won me back in a way that I didn't know was possible. And I think there's two things here. Speaking of producers and being produced, I think that her producer has like had a chat with her and said, you're playing it the wrong way. You're a smart girl, change it up. Because she quickly got diffused, like her feud that she was starting with Jennifer. They were like, that's not worth it. That's not the one that you want. The money one that you want is Heather. And if anyone can go for Heather, it's you. And for me, Noella is so intelligent. She's so articulate. She's so funny. And she kind of reminds me of, I think, what Heather was 20 years ago. Oh, um, I want to say I agree with you. And I think if I'm, if I'm reading your mind here, like the things that we have seen offline is this whole like Noella has been thirsty to be on the show. Yep. She was like gunning for it for like seasons yes. now. That's why she became friends with Bronwyn because mm-hmm. she just wanted to get on the show. <laughs> like she's been doing all these things to get on the show and then she's finally got on the show and like it's her dream come true. And I and I agree, it's sort of like, oh like how's this gonna end out? But the thing is that like I think like yeah, it's kind of like a bit weird that she's like been so hard on about like, getting on the show and then she finally got it. But she's delivering. And, she's like, delivering. She's... she's finally delivering. But it's not just that she wanted, it's the whole thing that she was thirsty to get on the show and then she has like what I would call a convenient divorce. It's it's all very interesting to me. Um, it's like, and I say convenient as in it's given her like a crazy storyline because the divorce is wild. Like he's filing for divorce in Spanish, a language that neither of them speak from another country and all this stuff. And then there's the random um, press briefings that they're both doing on their respective Instagrams. Like he literally set up an Instagram account so that he could refute every claim that she was making. I don't know. The way that they're playing this divorce out in the court of public opinion as opposed to in an actual courtroom is crazy and thirst trap behaviour. Um, but and, and I think she was picking fights with the wrong people. Um, but what I love that she called out today that I hadn't fully noticed until she called it out and then I guess it's been edited to show it better and this is why I think the producers have come in here and her producer has come in here and has guided her a little bit 
on what to do. And I think whoever is producing her is doing a brilliant job. Um, the way that I didn't pick up on the fact that Nicole went from being super threatened to suddenly like not wanting to discuss it. And, and Noella is kind of making an, a, an assertion that Terry and that the Debros, Terry and Heather, have s- silenced her. So the question that I'm asking you is, has Nicole, is Nicole silent or has she been silenced? The, wait, this I know is... how much you love Oprah, so I had to, I had to do that. Thank you. Was she, is she produced or was she being produced? Produced. Um, well, this, but this has been the ongoing thing about Nicole, right? And it's another discussion that we had over the break with each other, Moshi. It's sort of like we have heard now 12 different reasons on why Nicole never got the full-time orange. And, like, I don't know, is she even, like, an official friend of? Like, I, I don't, don't even, even know. think so. She, and, like, why is that the case? The is it because she's bad for the show because she just didn't have anything because um, she doesn't really have the personality type to be on the show as well. I think she's a little too, um, you know, anxious, you know, poor self-esteem. Perhaps it just wasn't her time to be on the show. Was it that Heather and Terry were, like, pretended to make up with her, but then, um, like, clearly were, like, write her out as soon as fucking possible? Okay. She's got no personality. Sorry. Or, it's pretty – I think it's really obvious. She's, like, boring. Well, yeah, true. But, like, if she was at least a friend of, she could at least be boring in there. And because she has been a part of some of these things. I don't know. I I think as well, like, the weird thing for me was the whole, like, way that, like, Nicole hung up on Noella. Like, I think she's extremely uncomfortable with, like, Noella. um, Which, like, first of all, I kind of get. Because, like, Noella (laughs) is being a bit much. Like, she's, like, literally, like, she's literally, like, I've just met you, but I need to be, like, best friends because I'm going through, like, the hardest point of my life right now and I need, like, women to surround me. And it's like, girl, like, Nicole doesn't know you. Like, she's been with you. I thought they were friends. Oh, yeah, like how Jennifer and Noella are friends with Bronwyn. Like, girl, please. Like, no, they're not friends. None of these women are friends. The more you know. I don't know. Because Jen, that's how Jen and... Noella know each other big through Bronwyn. I knew that and I understood that side of it. And Noella had actually said, we're not real friends. But I thought her and Nicole were real friends. And I thought that that was the part of the reason why they were both able to be on the show as well. I don't, I don't, but look, maybe. I, are Nicole and, and Heather even friends? Like, Well, they are now. And this is the thing. This is what Noella is asserting is that she... The, the the thing is that Nicole doesn't want this being brought up on the show, right? And I suspect she doesn't want it being brought up any further because she's trying to avoid a lawsuit. And Noella knows that you need to bring the bones to the collect, like you need to collect the bones. And I think the thing is for Nicole is that if she can't discuss this because it's the juiciest thing and it would have made a great storyline, she's got nothing else um, and she's shutting it down. So I, I just think she she... You can tell she just doesn't have what it takes. Like she, she, she seems to me like a bit of a broken woman who has just, I mean, she's obviously strong enough to have been able to, I guess, get to where she is on a class society level. But it just sounds to me like she, yeah, 
there's some things not right there. So do you think, just to like sort of like close out Noella for a second, do you think that Noella's divorce is real? I do. But <laughs> it just is too convenient and it's too weird. I I think, you know what, it gives me like Kelsey Grammer vibes. I That's- feel like... Sweet the James agreed to do the show because he thought that he could like fuck off to Puerto Rico, have his other family in his house. And then when she was like, well, let's just sell that house that we don't ever go to and pay off the debt. He was like stuck in a situation where clearly his other family, like he couldn't make them homeless by selling his house in Puerto Rico. And that's why he's like gone through this whole divorce. And I think he probably didn't realize as well, like, what it means to be on the show. It's another Joe Judice. Like yeah. he was he was talking to the producers being like, so has anyone been indicted from being in one of these shows before? And they were like, yeah, people have lost a lot of money being on these shows. And he was like, oh, fuck. True. I never, I haven't really gone too deep in the weeds with that whole situation because it just feels very bizarre to me. But um, I will say that in this episode, I think Noella confirmed why she's gotten an orange. And my question for you, and it's also a poll question, is it? Yeah, I believe it's a poll question that I have also um, put out there to anybody listening to this podcast on Spotify. Um, Do you think that Noella can take Heather Dubrow on? Is she the one? And it's a yes, no answer. The poll is very simple. Uh, you have a week to answer it, dear listeners. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested to hear, to, to see what the results on that one are. I hope people answer it. <laughs> do I have to answer it? Yeah, you do too. Uh, well, my answer is, spoiler alert for anyone listening at home and they haven't voted yet, but, like, yeah, Noella can take Heather on. <laughs> Noella has lost everything. She has like Oh, she's got nothing to lose. You are absolutely right. I didn't even think of that. She is at the like the lowest point in her life. She's got no credit cards. She has an autistic child to care for. Okay. I don't wanna I don't wanna equate having an autistic child to care for with being the lowest point of your life. No, so I, let's, I, let's, not, let's shift things. the context on she's, that. She's got a lot going on. She's got a lot going on. And I like she's that. got nothing to lose. And like Heather Dubrow, I'm coming for you. Because she needs, yeah. you know what she needs? She needs a contract for next season. Yeah. And she needs the raise. She needs to be paid the money next season. Facts. She also is stunning. Um, okay. Is it so the other thing that happened on this episode that was interesting? Um, I will say that I think the thing that Heather is quite good for as well is throwing the parties. Nobody else can really throw the parties. And in this week's episode, she threw a party for her daughter Max's book launch. Now, Max is also not the only daughter who's ever written a book. Sophie, I, I hope we all remember that Sophie Shannon's daughter also wrote a book about her parents' divorce and going through it. And I am really impressed with the restraint that Shannon has showed not bringing this up. But I think the only way that Shannon's been able to show that restraint is by avoiding Heather. <laughs> I just want to say that, um, what's it, Emily is a party planner, allegedly. She used to. She's just a lawyer now. She doesn't plan parties anymore. But I, I want to talk about Emily now. 
I want to talk about drunk Emily and how I love drunk Emily. <laughs> because she confronted Jen. Not just that, she just like goes sick. She's just like, Gina! <laughs> like she's screechy. And you know what it is about drunk Emily? She gets that drunk because she has a sober person driving because Shane is driving so like when you have somebody who you know is drinking absolutely nothing and they can drive you can just go balls to the wall shit based on tequila and it's fabulous but I also like that she seems lighter like in terms of like not as stressed out anymore and so I think we're starting to see the fun side of their marriage because I don't think it's made a lot of sense to us before but he I like Shane's sense of humor I think he is not at all I was expecting for like he's like this straight edge Mormon guy and his jokes are hilarious and the fact that he asked her if they could do butt stuff at the end of this episode (laughs) and she said yeah after talking about how she kept falling asleep and they were having sex I was like that is so funny. It's just funny. I want more of that. Just keep it light. Um, I just love that Noella was just like, there's a vibe here. Yes. Like, oh, she knows. We, we're not getting, yeah, she knows because she's got a sex dungeon. But, like, we, we, we don't get these nuances watching. From anybody else. Right? Noella has picked it. These people have freaky sex. Yeah, when they do have, as Emily said, when she stays away, yes, they do. Um, the other thing that sort of like was weird to me is Dr. Jen. And when I was writing our notes, I like forgot her name. I think that she is pretty boring and not that interesting. It was interesting to learn. Well, not interesting to learn, but I was like, her husband's name is Ryan, but he wants everyone to call him Ryan. And I just, it's weird. And, you know, he doesn't wear a shirt and whatever. And I'm just like, I think he's an idiot. But did you notice that, like, she brought this guy that they eventually put a, a title card for or she introduced him at some point because he's sort of just been hanging around and he's her business manager and she brought him to the party. And so I don't know if you picked up on that, if you even watched the episode, but I think she might be in a thruple. Mm. And if she is, bring that to the show. I think she hates her husband. Oh, and 100%. Think... He hates her too, though. I know. That's, yeah. I think that's where her storyline's going. She's headed for divorce as well. Oh, shit. Okay. Nostradamus. Well, well, but then do we think that the business manager that she's bringing along, do we think that she's bringing him because she needs he's the only person that can keep her husband in line. No, I think she just needs him there as like an escape from her husband. Fair enough. I also don't think that she has the range to keep up with the women. Yeah. I don't know. She's been a bit of a, bit of a quiet one. This was the thing though. I feel like I've gotten more from Nicole than I have Jen. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I want to wrap this up, but I want to, two things here so I want to talk about aura readings and I will say Gina for what she's worth she's kind of a bit like Heather with those one lines and when she said that she had when they said that she had like it had blown she had a blown out aura and Gina thought that the woman had said that she had a blown out vagina 
I was like, this is fabulous. These are the things that Jonah, that Gina brings to the show because sometimes I forget what she brings to the show. I thought that was very funny. What colour would your aura be, do you think? Um, I think it would be red. It's very chaotic. I think mine would be gold. Oh, is that normal? I don't even think that's an option. (laughs) (laughs) Is that normal? (laughs) Um, We also have a Cabo trip coming up organised by Heather where will Noella go or won't she? And I think we know she will end up being there. But it brings me back to this thing and it's what Meredith has done as well, which is when she said, I thought I told you that if you invite Jen Shah not to invite me. Um, you cannot exclude people from the parties and the trips unless they choose not to go themselves. You're filming a show and Heather is trying to exclude someone and I fucking hate it. But I think she's going to do a Jill Zarin on, um, was it Scary Island? Scary Island, iconic. Oh, no, Noella is going to show up. So do we think that she's showing up uninvited? A hundred percent. Oh, that's... Do you know what? If she shows up uninvited, even better. She's going to show up uninvited and she's going to have a meltdown, I reckon, at the same time. I love it. Well, aside from that, what are you? What are your feelings on the OC so far? I know we're only six episodes in, but given that this is like meant to be its redemption season, it's meant to be the season that saves it from going the way of New York at the moment. Do we think that it's got the range? Because we know the ratings are saying hell to the no. No, 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 no. Well, much to the devil's satisfaction. But look, I think it's gone in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. And I mean that by the standout being Noella and that Heather Dubrow is actually, like, crazy. Um, I wasn't really thinking that this was where it was going. So I'm intrigued to continue watching. I'm enjoying it. I think it definitely is a lot lighter than the last couple of seasons have been. Yeah. It's something that I can just watch with a margarita or a glass of wine and it's it's interesting-ish. Or watch it like while not watching it at all. You know what I mean? 100% in the background. Mm. Anyway, more drunk Emily is what I want. I agree. But Moshi, like, that's enough about Orange County. I want to talk about the the ultimate franchise right now. It's the Real Housewives of Miami. You have to say Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say that. But um, Moshi, it's like it dropped after we finished the podcast last season we've had five episodes so far and just like the way that this franchise like like it makes you think why did it get cancelled in the first place because people were not ready for the actually most diverse cast it's the most diverse cast they have got storyline on storyline on storyline they are an, such an interesting mix of people. We've got old friends. We've got new friends. We've got Miami. We've got the heat. We've got the flavor. It's Not the heat it. and the flavor. You like just said every cliche of Miami that there is. We've got the heat. We've got the flavor. I love the music in the cutscenes. Like, it's so much fun. The, like, it's just, it's fresh as well. Like, the, the intro cards... It's very the different. faces. 
<laughs> no, the faces that haven't changed. They look the faces like are fresh. In 10 years, they have changed. They have been made anew. There are people that look younger now than they did <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, the butts are bigger. The waists are smaller. The boobs are on point. The clothes are less. Like the, Oh, less clothes. The cars are faster. The houses are bigger. <laughs> the, the islands are better. The way we're talking, we are we on a like infomercial now for the Real Housewives of Miami? I would sell the shit out of the Real Housewives of Miami <laughs> if you are not watching the Real Housewives of Miami. Like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, it's just it is premium television. It's a no-brainer. Do you know what I I really want to say that it was really nice? I kind of enjoyed the fact that we had five weeks of just being able to enjoy Miami and kind of not have to do it on a podcast. I love doing this podcast, but it's like, it was so nice to just like sit in the Miami of it all and just like bask in it. It was like, I know like people don't like taking baths because they say it's like dirty, but it's like, I liked that dirt, if that makes any sense. Oh my God, okay. Well, let's not equate Miami and dirt, please. <laughs> I will say my it's only It's dirty complaint... as in Christina Aguilera, dirty. <laughs> Double R. Um, look, my only complaint is Kiki. Where is... Ha- where, like, is uh, where is... Mo- I, we didn't get nothing about her. Justice for Kiki. She's hot and... She's a young mom. I just like. Can I what say, because there? I was not expecting Kiki. She's been the best thing. You reckon? I mean, I, I, mean, I think look. she's the way a friend of should be. She's just oh, that, look. We, we've right. got a lot of friends of though. We've also got Adriana and Marisol as well. But okay, so let's 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 go to the beginning because we've never had an opportunity to really get into the weeds of Miami. So first things first, let's treat this like it really is the first time we're talking about Miami. Let's start off with who's who in the zoo. Tell me about these ladies, Patty. Okay, so well, let's do the OGs. Which, All right. I mean. It depends on how you define an OG. But we've got Alexia, who is Miami's answer to Teresa Judice. 100%. Um, if you haven't done the face swap of Teresa Judice and Alexia, <laughs> like, I encourage you to find it, to do it. Like, it's wild. Um, Alexia, she's one of the OGs. She used to run a fashion magazine. Now lifestyle magazine, I think we would call it. Lifestyle magazine. Now she's running a nail salon and <laughs> so they do injectables anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, look, she's rich. I don't think she needs a job, but um she she's been divorced, her husband died, and she had two sons of different fathers. One of them was in a car accident, and we saw that in the first iteration of the franchise and, you know, he had significant injuries. So she's got it all going on this season, though she's getting married to this new man in her life, Todd. Yeah, I think the thing about Alexia that I would say is that her life is very telenovela in real life. Like, it's very um, Shakespearean, Shakespearean, as I like to say. I have seen a lot of people describe her life and I think... Her tagline is very fitting. 
the oh, the, oh, the taglines for all of these women are just on point. But like Alexia's, literally, my life is like a movie, and the award for best drama goes to me. Like yeah. the amount of drama this woman has in her life, and like she's not even asking for it. Not even asking, but you know what she does? She doesn't need a bone collector because she will bring her own bones, and she. Talk about owning it, okay? She Teddy Mellencamp could learn a thing about accountability from her. Alexia is phenomenal housewife, top tier. Even if you don't like her, which I don't, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a huge Alexia. Like, I don't like her. But as a housewife character, top fucking tier. Lisa um, Barlow could never. No, no. Actually, I would argue basically no other woman could ever, ever, except for perhaps Teresa Judice. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent, except for maybe Teresa Judice. Like that's that's exactly it. All right, but Who's I will the say next, the next. Uh, just, oh, sorry, uh, yeah. one last point on Alexia, just to like prove it. Like again, back on this Instagram page, I'm obsessed with Bravaholic Data. Like, if you look at how much airtime the women are getting, Alexia is like. 20% of every episode. And she should be. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, so the other OG that's back is Lassa. Lassa. She is of basketball fame. She's of Kardashian fame. She has an ass like Kim Kardashian. Do you know what the thing is? I think you like the way you've said like what Lassa's sort of her fame is. I think you've like hit the nail on the head. Lassa is always like the second, she's always the passenger. She's always the sidekick because she's like, she's famous originally because she was married to Scottie Pippen, who's like phenomenal Chicago Bulls, legendary player. Um, And everything that she never, she never gets anything on her own. She's always like a bit second rate, right? But, and this is her tagline though, Moshi, it's her game now. And the fans, the only fans are going wild. And it's brilliant. So she is basically, and the thing, I think I've spoken to you about Lassa before in that, yes, she was doing the thing with the Kardashians, but she has tried to be on so many other reality shows. She was on an episode of Selling Sunset. Like this woman wants to be famous on her own terms. And I guess that's essentially what her storyline is this season. And kind of, I guess, why she's decided to come back because she has not been living in Miami. No, that house is empty. She's come to sell it. That's what we've learned in the recent episode. Um, yeah, look. Uh, it's she lives in-, in LA, just for context. She does not live in Miami anymore. Well, you know what? But this is also, it's the future of the housewives, isn't it? The phone it in, the fly in, fly out housewife. The ones that... FIFO, FIFO, the real FIFO wives of whatever. Literally, the real wives like- of FIFO. <laughs> As long as you've got some sort of, like, loose connection that you can make with the city, they'll have you. Um, but you know what? I'm enjoying Larsa. I think Same. that, um, you know, I thought that she was going to be basically just a bit of a draw card, try to get people in. But I am I think she's been pretty interesting so far. I have yeah, a lot of opinions. <laughs> The um the last OG um well, she's not really from the first season but the second and the third is Lisa Hochstein um she is the wife of a plastic surgeon he's the boob god of Miami Lenny if, if I just love that his name is Lenny well because he's he's Jewish isn't he so no but it's it's just 
The thing that I've always loved about Lisa is that she sounds, the way she sounds and the way she looks don't match up. And she is very much giving me, you know, Jewish American princess vibes. And she has that kind of New Yorker Jewish sort of accent. And, you know, she's like, and Lanny, you know, like she's, she's the way she really goes into the way she says her name, like it's Lanny all the time. It's so nasally and beautiful. And then she literally looks like a Barbie doll and it is Fabulous. Well, I mean, Moshi, if you want to talk about diversity in this cast, Lisa's from Canada. No, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but look, her face looks exactly the same. It hasn't Ugh. changed. Um, she's focusing on being a mum. That was her, her, her early season iteration was all about trying to be a parent. Now she is a parent and dealing with being a mum. So she's getting the... This I think after this episode from today, the edit that I think that we're going to be, I, I'm confused as to whether this is what we're going to get from her, but it seemed to me like she wanted to get the edit of the like mummy makeover life. So I've lived in my husband's shadow. He he thinks of me as just a mum and now I'm ready to be seen as, you know, a, a businesswoman or something on my own. And for me, why I think this is really fascinating for us is when we last left Lisa, she wasn't a mum and she became a mum while we weren't watching her right like while I was away 10 10 years down she's got these two beautiful kids and you know she talks about the process and in that time though she hasn't changed at all and so I don't know about you but I'm really struggling to still see her as a mum because I just don't know her as this mother so I'm really fascinated that like we just like there's just this huge chunk missing in the middle particularly I find with her more than any other cast member and I kind of want to know what she's been doing I want I want them to go a bit deeper into that but I I think that we're gonna I think she's given us a lot of deepness already around her relationship with Lenny and how they all may split up and stuff like that but um I'm worried that we're still just gonna get surface from her well I mean her tagline is a little surface my husband built the perfect wife and I built the perfect life. Like it's very stock standard cliche housewife. But it we say it's cliche because it comes from her originally. Like I don't I, this is the other thing. So if this was anybody else on another franchise that had that tagline, I would be that is so cliche. But because she was kind of in those early franchises, she started the cliche <laughs> of those types of taglines. So I feel like she's allowed to use it and it's not cliche with her. It's like, it's weird because these housewives are prestige. Like they're part of that original set of fabulosity that we love, but because they went away for so long, we forget that a lot of what we see now, we should actually be attributing to them still. They have their place. In the, in the hall of fame. In the hall of fame. Wow. Um, well, look, they're the, the three OG main housewives. housewives. Right? But then uh, we're going to give the special mention now to the other two OGs that have not managed to grab Hold a mojito. mojito. <laughs> Iconic. I'm sorry. <laughs> the mojito is wild. Um, Marisol, um, who... Patton, yep. I mean, look, her call to fame is really Mama her mother. Elsa, um, who's <laughs> dearly departed now. Marisol, I'm really enjoying. I think she's fun. She's funny. 
Uh, there was a scene of her like last week where she got absolutely wasted waiting for like Alexia, <laughs> Alexia. to show up. Um, I think Marisol's just like living her best life, and I think it's great just to have her there. Obviously, she probably didn't have enough to bring to the table to be a full time housewife, but I think she's happy being a friend of and just watching it all like unfold. Yeah, I think what happened with Marisol is she gave us so much of herself in those early seasons, right? She gave us um, her mum and her mum passed away. And, like, that was, I think, I always think of that mother-daughter relationship as kind of one of the foundational mother-daughter relationships that has brought on that continued pairing of us always wanting to see mother-daughter relationships in Housewives, you know, wanting to see Candy and her mum, wanting to see um, Mama D and Deandra. Like, uh, that Marisol and Elsa... Again, they cemented that kind of um, trope that we see in Housewives now with some of the ladies. And then I think the other side of it, and this is something that Marisol has always said, and this is, I always tell very funny, she's like not as, like she's pretty wealthy, but I don't think she's as wealthy as some of the other women. And she doesn't want to have the pressure of having to lean in, because like the expectation is when you're super rich, you have to do the parties and you have to do all these things and do all that stuff. And she would rather just get drunk and get paid for that. And so I love that for her. I love that she's not in that toxic relationship that she was in all those years ago with that man that she was like begging to marry her. And she just found her soulmate who's like a real daddy, like he's hot. And they just like hang around and get drunk together. It's brilliant. And then we have Adriana, who I mean, look, that the, she, if Adriana Mora, Jesus Christ. She is one of, like, if you want to talk about, like, the originals, like, this is one of the original queens of Shade. Like, she's she... a patron saint at this point. <laughs> the, the, and look, we were all incredibly insulted by the fact that she was not given the mojito, but we found out in recent in times that um, she was actually studying her master's degree while she was filming the show and she wasn't sure how much time she was actually going to be able to commit to the show. Turns out she was able to do her master's and appear on the show just as much as she has. Um, so she's gunning for the mojito next season. Question from your brotherholic starter. How much airtime is Adriana getting? Well, she gets as much airtime as bloody Martina does. <laughs> We're going to talk about Martina, and that's brilliant. Um, but Adriana is also iconic. She is iconic for being somebody who is, you know, you know when, when Ramona says she's not filtered? Well, Adriana is somebody who is actually not filtered in the right way. Um, I don't often agree, I have to admit, with what she says, but she just says what she has to say. Like, like you said, she's one of the original queens of shade. I think the thing that I love most about Adriana is that she is undeniably two-faced. She will. She is, like, talking so much shit about Larsa in her confessional. Like, doesn't even care. And to her face is literally trying to be her best friend because, but the thing is, like, she's doing it for shits and giggles. Like, it's very obvious she's basically trolling Larsa and I love it. Um, but I'm also really enjoying like the hot young man that she's riding in cars with 
and that she famously waits four months before sending dick pics now we're in the era of dick pics or having sex with the men that she dates so she's recently divorced from her original love frederick she is an art dealer but again i think even leah black in the original series like she's an art dealer but is she an art dealer <laughs> um and i love that we're still going down that line but i think you would say that she's a renaissance woman there is nothing that adriana can't do um, on your on your question, Moshi, yes, in, the last, in the last episode, so episode five, again, this is from Brotherholic Data, um, Alexia was number one housewife with 30% of the airtime. Um, next was uh, Nicole. Nicole oh, had yeah. 12.2%. Um, <laughs> I love that the next is literally like half the amount. And then Adriana had a the next 12.2% as well. Insane. So she's in the top three. Insane. A friend of. Not a mojito holder. Wild. Um, yes. I mean, Adriana, I love her. I'm so happy that she's back on my TV. Um, then we've got the three new ladies. So we have Dr. Nicole. Uh, she is an, an neath, an as, neath. An, as anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist. She puts people to sleep. Um, and gets paid big bucks to do it. Yes. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about her profession. Sorry. <laughs> Gay dad joke. The, I'm really excited that I even got that because it's pretty late and, and that almost went over my head. And then it was like this little this little thing flicked in my brain and I was like, oh, that was a joke. So, Nicole, she is not married and she's not engaged. And she wants to make a point of it. Um, she's got a young son who's probably about like two Two. or three years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she loves food. She's a big foodie. foodie. And as I will tell you, she's not a foodie. She's just rich is what I said (laughs) to you. And the, the difference is I, I think that foodies also cook. And I think that that's what you need to be to equate yourself to a foodie it's about it's not just about trying the most expensive food it's about trying the most interesting food and it's also about a passion for produce and bringing things home and things like that so I don't think she's a foodie I just think she's rich well her husband is also passionate about selling and buying new houses they've had like a new house every year that they've been together um, and he's ready to sell up again like the the amount of storylines this woman is half-baked really so do you know what like, it's so obvious that you hate her, <laughs> but I rewatched this episode, episode five, right? And what I like is when her Latino lilt comes out, her Cubana lilt comes out and her accent changes a little bit from being like super preppy and she she becomes like that Cubana girl because she's like half Cuban, half Puerto Rican and I'm like, I want that. I want the Cuban Rican out of her, right? That's just very generalist racist. And when she talks and that comes out of her mouth, I love it. Um, the other thing is that she has a really fascinating backstory, okay? She could give us like a bit of a mob wives thing here. Her dad was like, what, he went to jail for... I, I feel like saying drugs is very like along the lines of Mary M. Cosby here, but he ended up, they, he ended up going to jail when she was very young and has been out of jail for like the last 15 years. And since he's come out of jail, 
I guess the the edit that they're saying is that he hasn't really changed much. And the thing to know about Nicole is that she's kind of washed the criminal off her family. Like she's gone that extra mile to really like bring her family up. And I was talking before about how we often get the interesting mother on the show. Mm -hmm. Nicole, I think, is going to give us the spicy father. (laughs) And judging by the preview of next week where he shows up drunk in the middle of the day and is slurring his words cannot wait (laughs) yeah it is interesting that you say that I definitely got that as well the whole like you know she saw her mother struggle and Mm -hmm. now she's gone out and become like a high paid doctor Um, you know her husband is obviously also quite wealthy with the work that he does so she has tried to go as far from possible from her childhood um, to ensure a better life for her and her, her family. And a legitimate life. I think the other side of it is that it's really about legitimacy because I think that's the thing that often happens when you come from like a crime family, I guess, is that you want to do, like to be a doctor, like to do the thing that is like, helping people right it's like the complete opposite so you're really trying to change whatever stigma is associated with your family and I I think that that is quite fascinating the other thing that is interesting that we haven't seen yet is that she seems to actually have genuine friendships with like her and Kiki are like actually really good friends and Gertie like she was actually more friends with the black girls like with the other girls and I want to know about more about that like they have like play dates with their kids and they do all this stuff together and at the moment we just sort of see just her and her husband and I think that that's why her scenes have been kind of boring it's just like her and her husband her and her mother we and like we only see her with the girls when it's like a party but we haven't seen her like one-on-one one-on-one with one of the Mm -hmm. girls the other thing is that I just, I just remembered something when we're talking about the foodie comment. She had that sushi party at her house because she's friends with this sushi chef. And I don't know about you, but we need to talk about the not a geisha in the room. That woman who was dressed up in, is it like the kabuki makeup and wore a table dress that had sushi on it and they were eating from her table dress and this is where I was like I can tell that Lassa is really an LA girl now because Lassa was like yeah I'm not doing that (laughs) (laughs) when Lassa missed like my feet on OnlyFans is like I'm not doing that that's when you know you shouldn't be doing it that's how I can tell that money can't buy you class oh and there it is ladies and gentlemen um, well, look, if you thought I hated Nicole, let's talk about Gertie then. Well, you um, haven't told us about Nicole's uh, tagline. Uh, she might be a doctor, but don't test her patience. Cliche as fuck. If you have to, if your tagline has to tell us what you do for a living, get the fuck out of here. Well, it, it, well, speaking of telling people what you do for a living, <laughs> I mean, darling... <laughs> I don't just plan the party. I am the party. That's what Miss Gertie has to tell us. I kind of like it. You can't tell me that you don't like Nicole's and then you kind of like Gertie's. I can. 
And you anyway. want to know I can because her brother, you don't know what she's been through. Sorry, I can't even do it to her properly. Like, I'm genuinely actually sad for what she's been through, but I was trying to. Anyway, I am. That look, was a bad joke. So, Gertie, we're introduced to Gertie because she's the party planner for Alexia's wedding that's like never going to happen. But she's also uh, the party planner for Miami. Miami. <laughs> yes. So, she is. Haitian originally, um, and we've learned in the last um, episode several times that unfortunately, <laughs> in the last earthquake, <laughs> not several times, in the last Haitian earthquake, her brother and his two children died in the earthquake. Terrible, like it's actually horrible. It's it's like mind boggling, but it's just that Gertie to me, and like. Adriana hates her, and I'm Team Adriana. It's the, the but she's got a point, okay? The Gertie like will literally offend someone or start drama somewhere else, and then like the minute like the camera's not on her, she starts crying, and it's like, what like what are you doing, Gertie? Just like no, I'm not into it. I just I can't even I can't even articulate how much I dislike Gertie at this point in time. Wow. So I am on the complete other spectrum, which is that um, Gertie loves attention and she said that she's she loves it. I, I, I don't know. She's like a character that I don't think we've ever seen on any of these shows. Um, only because her life seems so different. So she is like obviously positions herself as like this super glamorous woman. But then she's really married to, like, this very, like, down-home, quiet guy. And they are a hot couple. She is too much. It does kind of give me Nene and Greg vibes, the early years. But I just see her husband as being, like, that person that grounds her. And I like her relationship. I like that she's a mum. I like that she has this career, that she has this job. But I think you're absolutely right in the sense that, like, if she's trying to find a way to go up against these women, she she hasn't figured out how to do it yet. But I think the thing that's really funny for me, it's like, why does Adri like anytime Adriana has a feud with somebody, it's so it's always over like a man or a woman in this instance. Like it's always the dumbest thing. Adriana's jealousy is wild to me and the fact that people haven't picked up on if Adriana's coming for you it's because she's jealous of something you should lean into making fun of her jealousy like it's insane but let's talk about it why is Adriana jealous Uh, well I was gonna say I don't even think it's just jealousy it's also the fact that like Gertie is like pointing out like how Adriana is like in love with um with Julia, and then like Adriana's like, why are you getting involved? Like, stay the fuck out of it. Because she's not in love with Julia. They have just a fun relationship, right? They're both flirtatious women. But this is the thing: is that the reason Adriana decided that she didn't like Gertie is because Julia chose Gertie to decorate her birthday. And and Adriana, the Renaissance woman who can do it all, was pissed. Now, here's the thing. If she had chosen Marisol, she would have been pissed at Marisol. If she had, it was, you, like, no one was going to win. If you were not choosing Adriana, 
the other person, Adriana is going to be pissed at that person. And that's why to me, it is so funny. This is Joanna Krupta all over again. But the fact is that Gertie did not style that bar and Adriana did a much better job. I'm sorry. The fact is that Gertie's name doesn't rhyme with ho. And so I think Gertie <laughs> will be fine. I, but I think Gertie will probably speak Spanish. So I'm sure that Adriana could just curse her out in Spanish instead. Well, no, Gertie speaks French and Adriana also speaks French. So it'll be fine. So, <laughs> we're talking about the women who speak the languages. Adriana is the OG woman who speaks all the languages. Sorry, Luann. Sorry, Dorit. Well, no, but the, those women don't speak other languages. Like, Adriana actually... <laughs> Adriana, That's what I mean. Adriana actually does. She can speak five languages and get a man with none. Like... <laughs> she... You know what it is? It's just they are, they're bringing it because they, they know how lucky, I guess, they are to have the show back. And also they are the most interesting. But I think, you know, Gertie has, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next week because there's something to do with um, the wedding because I think Marisol also comes kind of for Gertie being like, are you really that good a wedding planner? Where are all the things? So, you know, I think you put a lot on the line when you put your business so out there. And I think Gertie is going to learn the hard way. She might need to call Bethany. Yeah. Can we talk about Julia? I want to talk about Julia. Okay, I mean, look, I, I think of an already, like, diverse and eclectic cast, Julia is the most interesting of the New Miami housewives. Um, Julia is married, of course, to the famous tennis player Martina. Navratilova. <laughs> you've been you've got to say the name. Um, Julia, wow, she's, she's ex- ex-Soviet, moved to the US, now a lesbian. Like, it's just, it's She's everything. bi. She says she's Sorry. bi. Yeah, because she was interested in men before she married Martina. Um, and now they live this beautiful life. She lives half in the city at their home and then half at the farm. But I think it's He's actually probably She's just constantly more. milking goats. That's all she does. Every scene, she's milking goats. It's fabulous. The goats, the parrots, like they've got everything going on at this farm. Like... She's always milking that goat. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to go back to something we didn't talk about. And in the very first episode where the women all meet each other and they're at Lars's house. Sorry, I just thought of this and I'm going to die. When Kiki asked if you, when you milk the goats, you can <laughs> suck the milk straight from the teeth. <laughs> that was when I knew Kiki was like a woman after my own heart. And the way Marisol came for her for that comment. <laughs> I have tears in my eyes right now because please watch just that first episode, just for that two seconds of scene between friends of, they're not even full time housewives, and they were having a Huge. Over this comment that Kiki made, you didn't know how you milk a goat. (laughs) Just, I'm so glad that we didn't have to record a podcast after that because obviously it's still living rent free in my heart, my soul, and my mind. And just when I need to crack up, I just 
think of that. It's got me through this COVID era. The way that Julia's goat is the seventh house. <laughs> 100%. And Julia just constantly milking that goat every time she's around it is just phenomenal to me. But, oh, I have digressed so far from what we were talking about. But that scene is art. <laughs> he makes that reference and Marisol loses it. Ah. <laughs> Um, but Julia, she's just so interesting. Like, and I'm just trying to think what, what has even been her storyline. And I really don't even think she has one, but like. No, the storyline is will they, won't they, what's to deal with her and Adriana? And what, how, what, what, what is this life that she lives with? Like one of the world's greatest tennis players who's now an artist. I love her art, though. I kind of want one of the clay ones. Clay ones! Me too! It is mid-century vibes as well, just putting it out there. It's just, I love the colour. Anyway, I, you know what, though? How many of these women will Julia, like, the juice. turn into bisexual or lesbian women? Because I think it was it Lisa yep. well, was, like, also, like, oh, like, what's, what is the attraction? So I will say that I think Julia, she's, she, I'm sure she's had like some work done, but very little. I think Julia is one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen in my entire life. And she, you know, I've been watching, so I did this thing over the break. I'd never seen a James Bond movie before. And I watched like all the new ones, all the Daniel Craig ones. And I think that Julia kind of epitomizes like a Bond girl, that dark hair, the dark eyes. And this, she is just like a little bit seductive. There is something about, she has like, she has an overt sexuality. And that's what Adriana has, except Adriana's feels a bit forced. With Julia's, I feel like she literally will just ask you, do you want milk in your coffee? And you will just be. Like, it's like, it's like Nigella Lawson. There's this overt, like, real flirtatious sexiness. Just in, like, every little thing that she does, it is funny as all hell and it's phenomenal. And I think I love seeing it. And I think that that's the thing that's going to get Lisa Hotskins. And I want to see them make out. I'm here for it. Do you think that Julia will also appear on Lars's OnlyFans then? No, because Larsa is not sharing the stage. <laughs> Nobody is appearing in Larsa's OnlyFans but Larsa. Also, I did love in this episode that Larsa was naive enough to think that her children don't know what other content is on OnlyFans. It's just, that's a whole other conversation, really. Um, look, I, I think for me, the clear standout, without a doubt, is Alexia. Um, she is giving it, I mean, you know what, you know what it was the moment for me, Moshi, was when she was like to the girls, so I'm getting this award for being like an LGBTQ like plus ally. Um, and she was just like, you think it was because my ex-husband was gay? No, my father was gay. <laughs> like, like... It was full telenovela. And then everyone's like, oh, and then he married Herman. So for those who don't know, huge spoiler alert, Alexia was married to a man, well, 
number one, her first husband was definitely like she married like a criminal. <laughs> and then she married Herman, who kind of took her out of the criminality world and brought her up into high society. And her and Herman divorced. And the root word on the street is that Herman died of a heart attack whilst having sex with <laughs> his lover in a secret that he was secretly either gay or he was uh, he was secretly either homosexual or he was secretly like bi or pan or however he wanted to identify. I just think like putting labels, uh, so passe. Um, but the funny thing is now when they did that flashback of all those years ago when James, who was that drag queen that was Leah's friend, had said to Herman, do you remember me? And then went down on his knees and was like, do you remember me now? And the way that went over my head back then, even though, like, I got it, but now to see it with this whole new context, I'm, like, hilarious. So I think, like, Alexia knew. I I think this idea that she didn't know is bullshit. The other thing that I love here is that her storyline as well is trying to connect with her ex-husband's ex-lover as well, that she actively wants to connect with insanity. Um, but now as well to bring in this twist that her mother was married to a gay, a, a, a gay man. It's actually kind of sad to think about the repressed homosexuality and internalized like homosexuality as well that exists in every community, but particularly, you know, in the Cubano, in the Cuban community, because it's so macho, right? Um, and yeah, sorry, that's a dissertation. That's my thesis when I do it on Alexia, but um, yeah, Alexia. And then the fact that she looks like a Barbie on top of that. And then the stuff with Frankie. And <laughs> do we want to get- I mean, Marshy, this, this was the biggest, this was the biggest bombshell for me was literally when her new partner that she's going Todd. to marry, Todd. The gringo. And- and I love that all of them have ended up with gringos too. It's like... But I just, I love that she's like, I can't believe I ended up with a gringo and I'm going to be like super racist here. But it's not like she ended up with like just some white guy. Like he's Italian, isn't he, or something? Or is he just quite white? Isn't he? I think he is like from like Staten Island or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like even if you're not Italian, you're from New York. You're from Staten Island, right? He's not your average gringo. He's got a bit of spice. He's got a bit of flavour. <laughs> but... The way that he basically said that Alexia and, to a lesser extent, her older son um, were basically not looking after Frankie Frankie. at all. They weren't, it's not that they weren't looking after him, but she was mollycoddling him. She wasn't, she has not given Frankie a chance to be self-determinist and to, like, be independent. She has just mollycoddled him and just not let him not giving him giving him an opportunity to thrive because he's pretty high functioning well i think it was even more than that i think it was like that they haven't even like sort of sought out the resources to get that's what i mean Frankie, yeah you know, wild the thing about alexia that i find also just like really fascinating and i think i could do a dissertation on alexia is that she has a lot of very traditional values you know, when Lassa brought up the OnlyFans, she's like, oh, I, oh, I like, don't talk about OnlyFans. Like, her tit was literally hanging out while she was saying that, right? Like, she she sells sex. She loves to be sick. She's, you know, and I, I love that. Like, she owns her own sexuality when she walks out on the street. You know, she wants, to, she wants people to look at her and 
she likes being wolf whistled, those sorts of things. But then when there's a woman who's also empowered and who's now making money off that same thing, which is like the height of feminism, um, Alexia is like so like judgmental and looks down on that and all those sorts of things. You know, she doesn't want to dance in the church. It's disrespectful. She's this big Catholic girl. But at the same time, her life is a mess. Like this woman, you know, the, the, the way that she treated, the way that Frankie wasn't able to get the resources, you would have thought it was like the 1970s or something and they didn't have those resources around. She literally has access and money and all of those things. Frankie could have had like the world's greatest education and she just completely did it because she's like Teresa Judice. She has that old school mentality and it's so weird to look at her and then to know that. I think um, the other interesting thing with that whole scene as well was apparently it was like shot over like four hours. Yes. Um, it was a very intense conversation that we only really saw a very small snippet of. And the bits where it kind of looks like Frankie is looking in on the conversation as well was at the very end. Like he mm. was not there. At the, the beginning. Thing. Well, I like the bit where they're just standing around the corner and just listening and they're holding each other. That tableau of them two just holding each other. It was very beautiful because they are a team, right? Alexia and Frankie. And at the same time, they were also just like, how is this going to go? Like they were watching it. And what that fight was brilliant. Passion to the nth degree. Screaming, name calling like and really saying some horrible things and going there and I think like Todd hit the nail on the head I don't think he was wrong like really going there and then at the end of it everybody was just hugging and kissing and like going back to drinking wine and I was like this is phenomenal Moshi Alexia and the Red Hearts of Miami are serving and we're only five episodes in. And they're, they're going to be filming the reunion already this already, week. Like, yes. wild. The way it's only been five episodes, but it already deserves a four-part reunion, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Well, she, <laughs> I just can't get enough of the Housewives of Miami. I Maybe can't wait I. for the next episode. Same. But I think that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. We're back. Season we're four. We're back. So the, uh, just a reminder in terms of what we're collecting data on is what will be your breaking point. Who will be the housewife that breaks Patrizio's stance? And what will be the reason for me to break it? All will of it be these racism? Things. Will it be homophobia? Who knows? <laughs> will it be... You know, it'll be somebody eating pasta the wrong way. <gasps> somebody eating spaghetti. You see, like you're already offended. No, it'll be like Teresa Judas getting like ketchup and putting it on oh, her like pasta. She she would never. But I feel like it'll it will be somebody it, like totally offending your Italian sensibilities, <laughs> and that'll be it. You'll be like. They are swimming with the fishes. Well, Moshi, I did hear that Real Housewives of New Jersey is back in February, so it could be sooner rather than later. Than later. <laughs> and on that note, oh, it feels great to be back talking Real Housewives with you again, especially when we have just some top-tier shows to be talking about. Um, as always, everyone can rate, review, subscribe. And, and follow us on the Instagram. 
at from the lower level pod we're really big on memes as a coping mechanism at the moment so the stories are meme central obviously they're not ones we've created but they're all the brilliant i think it's a careful curation of the best housewives memes on instagram that's how i describe it at the moment and if you send us a meme i will most likely repost it (laughs) but it better be good if you're sending us memes all right on that note until next week Au revoir. Au revoir. Adios. Miami.